Here we go. Yo. Here we go. Yo. Let's do this. Jay, start the timer. Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, an unfiltered, behind-the-scenes, no-hold-barred look at the realities of the location-independent lifestyle from two guys who are doing it. I'm Travis Sherry, co-founder of Location Indie. And I am Jason Moore, the other co-founder of LocationIndie.com. And the one who always starts the timer, the important (laughs) one here. You're always starting the timer, and I'm always forgetting. It's Dude. rolling, baby. And uh, as soon as it rolling. starts rolling, I feel, I, I don't know, the beginning, I feel like we got plenty of time. Then all of a sudden, it just whizzes by. I hope you, the listener, feels the same. <laughs> yeah, if you're just joining us for the first time, shame on you. Go listen to all <laughs> the other episodes. No, no, no. It's okay. Stick right here. But what we do is we give you 30 minutes, as we said, unfiltered, behind the scenes, free-flowing, what is location independence, what is the lifestyle all about, the realities, the the good things that happen, the bad things that happen, and everything in between. We got we give ourselves 30 minutes because we like to ramble. So we hold ourselves to that. 28 minutes of meat and potatoes, as Jason likes to say. Spent too much time in the Midwest, didn't you, Jay? Let's get into the meat and potatoes, Trav. And then the last two minutes, we're going to do a little section called Inside LI, where we talk about some of the really cool things happening inside of the Location Indie community. And we also ask each other some silly, goofy, maybe important, maybe dumb questions. So that's how this show goes. And we've got a special show for you today because this is the second show of our Lifestyle Launch Sessions. So, Jay, explain to these guys what the Lifestyle Launch Sessions are really quickly. In 15 seconds, I got a timer on. Go. Uh, 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 no, uh, I'll tell you really quickly. And now I got 10 seconds. I put myself under pressure. We are, yeah, you got five. oh man, this is going way too fast. We are going to show no, you, you guys don't get to know what it is. Sorry, Jason didn't do it. <laughs> Sorry. Time's up. Eh, I'm kidding. No, we're actually going to help you learn how to launch a location independent income stream in one weekend. And if you already have one, it could be a new one. Hopefully, even if you're growing a location-dependent business, you're going to have some little takeaways from these sessions. Yeah. And so what we did is we filmed the video series, which um, we give away for free, professionally edited, professionally filmed. It's pretty cool um, about how to start a location-independent income stream in one weekend. And now we're doing the podcast version of that, where we're going to kind of go into our our personal experiences a little more. We're also going to give you an actionable tip at the end, or or not a tip, an actionable item at the end of each one of these lifestyle launch sessions, you're getting something. So we're going to tell you like, it's like a homework assignment, isn't it, Jay, in essence? Yeah, but everybody hates homework. So the big difference is that uh, this can actually help you break free of working for the man. That's true. And and do people hate homework if it's something they like? You know what I mean? Uh, Usually, Yeah, homework generally sucks, dude. I mean, like, you know, you spend I mean, all I that... Never it, so I don't even know what it is. You but. spend all those hours in school, and then you get home, you have to do more. It's annoying. But I just heard uh, that kids in Finland get recess after every class, and I think they never have homework. Whoa. All right, well, you just got to hop the border, man. What are you doing in Norway? I know. I don't know. It's snowing here right now, actually. So, um... I'm sure it's not much warmer in Finland. 
Probably not. So if you missed the part one of our lifestyle launch, it's going to be four videos. This is video, or excuse me, four podcasts. It's also four videos. This is number two. The first one, we talked a lot about betting on yourself, why that's important, why we believe the most stability can come from actually taking control of your life and and starting your own business or your own income stream. It, you know, it's when we say business, it doesn't like I think it sounds one intimidating, of the, right? Yeah. It, it sounds intimidating. It's a misnomer of like a corporation, but a business doesn't have to be like this big corporation with tons of employees. That could be you freelancing as a photographer. Uh, one of our good friends, Michael uh, Neff, Neff, Niffler, Niffler, um, freelance photographer. That's a business. Like he has a location independent business because he's a freelance photographer. But yeah, he's not. I mean, if you're if you're sending out an invoice or somebody's paying you for even for an hour of your work because you helped them edit some photos or whatever you're doing. You have your own business, even if it's just you doing something. And that's what we're talking about here is starting your new location-dependent income stream in one weekend. And we recommended from the last podcast, you'll have to listen to the whole thing to uh, see what we recommended is the fastest way. But I should sum it up and, and say that it's by offering a service. It's by offering a service, and we and we asked you to pick your number one skill. So if you're, if you're tracking with us here and you're coming from that first one to the second one, Hopefully you went through, you made a, a brainstorm list of all the things that people ask you about, all the skills you have, even if you thought going into it, you had no skills. Wrong. You have skills. Everyone has skills. And hopefully you picked your number one skill and, and that generated the idea that then you're going to use moving forward to launch this location-dependent business in one weekend. So what we're going to kind of touch on today, now this is the scary stuff, I think. So, you know, everyone says they have no, no skills, no ideas. Boom. Break that myth. Yes, you do. Now it comes down to the fact that you have to put yourself out there, though. And Yeah, well, I mean, this also is the same thing for... I mean, you mentioned those two people. We also talked about the people that have feel like they have tons of ideas and tons of skills, but they can't pick one. And it's the same thing. It's still picking one and putting yourself out there for that, which can be sometimes even more difficult because it's hard... Analysis to, or paralysis of analysis? Yeah, it's hard to is make a it? decision. I mean, I can totally speak from the heart about this because this was me you know for a long time and it was like so much pressure on like picking the right idea it was like oh my god if i pick this it's got to be the thing i do forever and like what if it doesn't work and i'm going to put all this time into and it and it doesn't and then or what are people going to think if i if i do this thing and like is it even going to go anywhere and all this stuff it's like Man, it can psych you out before you even start. And that's what this whole podcast is about today, I think, is us. Uh, I think we're going to share some of our personal experiences and slash failures, I should say. Of course. And, you know, just just kind of let you know, like, that's totally normal to feel that way. And I don't think I've ever met any other entrepreneurs, travelers or otherwise. And Travis and I have both chatted with a lot of location-independent entrepreneurs, which I'm using in air quotes, because that's another label that can psych people out. It's like, oh, I'm not an entrepreneur or whatever. Like, listen, forget if about the labels. Are psyching you out, yeah, throw them out the window. Yeah. And just say, I want to I travel, live and work anywhere in the world. That's kind of the tagline we use, right? Like, I don't care whether you're, you think you're an entrepreneur or you don't. I don't care whether you want a business or a freelance. You want to travel, live and work anywhere in the world, whether that's from your home office or whether that's from Thailand or Buenos Aires, whatever, dude. You just want to take control of your life. Yeah, and I don't know anybody else who's done, like, tried to do this thing and, like, got it right. You know, oh, I did this and I launched it and now I'm traveling around. And I didn't, nothing happened. I didn't fail. I didn't screw up at all. Like, that's, that's part of the ride, you know? And, I mean, think about it. If you love to travel, 
I mean, some of your best travel memories often end up being the times where like you were struggling or like the 20 hour bus ride or like the crazy thing that happened. Those are like the stories you tell or the things that make you grow as a person or whatever. It's the same with business, right? It totally is. And I'm with you. That was such a good point that you made, you know, a couple minutes back of people thinking that they have to get it right the first time. Not not that they even have to get it right, but I used to think, what is going to be my long-term plan? Like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to do this, what am I going to be doing in 20 years? Like, I have to pick the right one because I don't want to be miserable. You know, you're in that mindset where once you start something, then it's like, it sets you on this path. And I, I'm like, if I don't pick the right one, I'm going to be miserable doing this too. It's like, dude, if you don't pick the right one, you're going to just change. Like, I don't know why I people think that way or why I think that way. But I mean, I started doing this three and a half years ago, and now we've gone from running just a website about frequent flyer miles to then being a general travel website to then having a travel podcast and then doing travel videos to now talking about location independence and running a community about location independence and putting together products about. So, you know, is it all interconnected? Sure. But when I started, I imagined all I would do was write articles on my site about frequent fire miles. That is exactly what I thought it would be and what I thought it would be 10 years in the future. And now three and a half years later, it's not really anything like that. That's just like the tiniest part of what we do. Well, have you had other businesses before EPOP? Like we talk, we're talking about that, but I mean, did you start anything else or like dabble in something and realize, oh, what, was it going to work or change your mind or anything like that? Not Really? I mean, so I was the kind of entrepreneur, again, throwing that term out, but I was the kind of entrepreneur who had a bunch of ideas and never acted on them. I was the exact person that we're speaking to or, or trying to help now is that I had ideas. You know, I, I gave a few examples of like making that calendar with kids from my middle school and their pets, right? Um, last podcast. But I mean, I never acted on anything. I, I tried once. The, the furthest I ever got was I wanted to run poker tournaments in bars. So now that's kind of like a big thing or it was a big thing like five, six years ago. I think some bars still do it where, you know, people come in, they can play a poker tournament for free. They win a gift certificate if they win. But people, it, it's to drive traffic to the bar, right? On like a Tuesday or Wednesday night. I thought that would be a good idea before it became really big. And I actually went and I had a meeting. I made flyers. I remember I was in college. I made the world's ugliest one paper flyer, brought it to a meeting with the um, manager of Brownies 23 East in Ardmore, which is exactly how they say it on the commercial. Like, Brownies 23 East in Ardmore, um, which is outside of Philadelphia. And we met about running a poker tournament. I actually had one meeting and then I never really followed up with them. So that was the <laughs> furthest I ever got, right? Probably so that, because you got scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, yeah. I, literally, well, you know, I, I got the balls up to do it at, to like have the meeting, and then afterwards, I was like, "Well, that went kind of well, better than I thought." Like, I guess I thought I was going to fail, and then that was going to be it, and then I just didn't even act on it. So, yeah, I, I just think there's a myth where you read like I read a lot of business books or like you know listen to certain podcasts or whatever, and you always hear these stories. You feel like. Generally speaking, a lot of entrepreneurs that are really successful will share these stories about how like, you know, they, when they were 10 years old, they started, you know, this baseball card stand and they were making a thousand dollars, you know, like they, they'd always had it in them. And like, you know, it was like, that's not everybody. Like you can not be that and still do this because I always had like a lot of ideas and I always like to come up with different 
things to do, but I didn't actually do them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I, I was just skateboarding all the time or whatever. And like <laughs> in high school, I was probably getting into trouble. I don't know. Like, you know, Jason I was, like, was just a, a rapping skateboard kid. In high school, <laughs> yes. So. I, would, I was in a rap approach. band and I was a skateboarder that all that, all of the above is true. Dude, um, you were going to make more money rapping. Why would you have to do an, you know, dude, I thought about starting to add some, some raps, some travel raps into my podcast, but uh, that's, I already wrote a couple. I'm going to tease it out there. I've already written a couple, but um, I'm going to leave it at that. I am not sure if I'm going to go there yet. Revive the rapping career. That's an important point too, because it's not everybody that was like the, you know, born the entrepreneur. Like that's a whole other topic. Are you born one or are you created one? You know, but like your flyer example is a great example. You know, like you took the extra step, but then it could fizzle. Like if you don't have the right sort of mindset or like if you're not fully committed. Right. I, I just want to hit on that. I totally can feel you when you say, I when you read the articles and they're like, yeah, he was 10 and he did this. And then in, at 14, he did this. And I had a friend who, I have a friend who's really entrepreneurial. And, you know, when he was in college, he started a, um, like a, a basketball and, and football jersey store on eBay and then like sold it. And then that led him to purchasing his first property. And now he's like this big real estate guy in Philadelphia. And I'm like, Dude, I, wh- what was I doing in college? I wasn't doing anything. I was not going to class, drinking too much beer, and laying around. And if if you feel like me, like oh, or like Jay, who's saying, you know, that all the people start early. I mean, there's plenty of people who don't. And so, like, let's break that myth right at the top. You don't have to be the person who, at ten years old, made a thousand dollars a week or anything like that. You could start right now, and you're probably and you're starting sooner than 95% of the other people because those 95% of the other people will actually never start. So, um, Well, I think the other big thing too that is I think hugely important and just makes the whole thing easier overall, the whole experience of even if you're just... Because listen, these fears and these things, they don't ever go away. You know, like Travis and I have started stuff. We've done successful things that have nothing to do with the community we run or anything, you know, totally unrelated businesses. Yet, well, we start new things, we still like aren't sure. And we're still like, you're never going to be 100% sure type of thing. And it's always like, you still have the doubts. You still have the days where you're like, oh man, like, I don't know. Am I an idiot? Like, why am I doing this? You know? Can and, I give uh, you a perfect example? Yeah. This happened to me last week. Okay. I, um, <laughs> I'm starting a, a, a new thing with extra pack of peanuts called Ask Epop. And all it is, it's simple. It's it's ten minutes or less. It's a podcast and a video thing. So I shoot a video in my studio here. When I say studio, I mean my office with nothing on the walls. Um, <laughs> I shoot a video and I record it, and it's going to be a video and then a podcast. And all it is 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 people ask me travel questions, you know, from the extra pack of pants community. I answer them. And, and then we put it out. So like super simple. The stuff I've talked about for the last three and a half years, I already have a bunch of questions that people have sent in. And it took me two days to film the first one because I'm like, oh, are the lights set up right? Oh, is the chair here? Oh, does the background look okay? And I know exactly why I was doing all that. I was using the excuse Avoidance? of, oh, I want it to be perfect. Yes. You know, I'm saying, oh, I want it to be perfect. I'm not going to do it unless it's set up well. Like, why would I bother? I might as well do it. And there's a little bit of validity to that, but really it was, I was avoiding it because I was, I get scared. Like I was scared that it was going to suck, that people aren't going to listen to it. I, you know, I don't know what I was scared of, but here it is. It's the, it's the easiest possible thing in me and for me in the world to do. Talk about frequent fire miles and travel for less than 10 minutes to answer one question. And I was still avoiding it. So you ramble all the time on podcasts. So again, it, it just, 
it's something new and you're and you're just afraid and you're and you're kind of hesitant and you know it's hard to start i think one of the more valuable things that i've learned and i'm not saying it's easy all the time to do but it really helps tremendously in that situation or anytime i do something new is accepting the fact that i'm going to suck at it a little bit in the beginning it's not going to be very good or it's not going to be as it is in my head or that it's going to take me a little while to get to to a respectable level or to what i believe is a respectable level and probably to what you know a lot of the general opinion would be and i remember starting the, i don't know about that jay i i think that your what you think is a respectable level is way higher than what the general public would think is a respectable level maybe I think, you, hold, you always hold yourself to the highest standards i guess but yeah um, i think you do something and most people out there like me shooting these 10 minute beers they're gonna be like that's cool that he shot 10 minute beers they're not perfect they're not ever going to be perfect but i think most people will be like that's those are pretty good and the only people who are gonna be like oh those suck like per- people who are professional on video or something you know but i might think they suck so i think the general public is way more lenient and way more that's accepting true. of just doing something than what you think they're accepting. Yeah, like no one's going to pay even half as much of attention to the little things and like the extra clip that you thought to get rid of or whatever as as you are because you're so deep into it. That's true. But I do think it's important, I guess, like even just for your own self-care, if you will, when you're starting something new, whether it's a whole entire business or just one income stream or whatever, is to just like be like, okay, like this might suck a bit, but I'm going to do it anyway. And you're acting in spite of, even though you know it's not going to come out perfect, that whole concept of like less than perfection is going to be just good enough. Just get it out the door. Just ship it. And even if we're, I know we're just talking about you marketing one skill that you have to start a new location-dependent income stream. But even that, putting yourself out there in a way that we're going to suggest, which is uh, to you know, friends and family, and like your immediate network. It's like in, the hidden in plain sight technique. Yeah, you gave, the term. you gave it that term. We got it. I gotta give props to you. That's a good term. The hidden in plain sight technique. It's scary. It's scary, and you can do it. I mean, if if it's it's scary every time is my point. And I think just like letting yourself know that it's not going to be perfect in the beginning before you get deep into it makes it a little okay when things don't come out. You're like, eh, well, whatever. I know it's not going to be perfect. It's like my first time doing it, or it's like my first handful of times doing it. I can live with that. It'll get better. I'm going to teach you a little bit of a, uh, a Japanese right now because you've got on, no one else can see it except me, a Karate Kid bandana. You look like the Karate Kid over there on Skype. So it's only natural that I teach you a little bit of Japanese. I, I don't know. Was it, was it Japanese? Put him in a body bag, Travis. Yeah! So... They have a term that I love. Uh, it's just one word, and it's gambate. And gambate means, well, they always, the Japanese translate it to one word. In English, it doesn't really translate to one word, but they translate it to like fight, right? As the one word. But that doesn't really make sense if you just think of the word fight. But it's really like this idea of like, just go for it. Do your best. Like, you know, like they'll say like gambate, like when the, the baseball team's going off to, to play their game or something like that. And it's really just this, it's the spirit of the word. Like it's just said in a way of like, go do your best. We know you've tried hard. We know you're putting yourself out there. Go get it. Not like go win, not like anything like that. It's just like, go do your best. And 
that's really all you can do. And I think that it was funny with these 10 minute videos, this ask Epop videos. After I filmed three of them, I, I kind of was like, ah, oh, there's one as good as I thought. And then I said, and then it got really excited because I'm like, well, you know what's going to be really cool? When like six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 are way better. Yeah. Like that's when you, you get excited. Because they are going to be better. Right. So, yeah, there's no way they won't be. And like, I mean, think about the greatest comics or the greatest musical artists or whatever, like even the greatest of all time put out an album and you're not going to like every song, like in any field, you know, sure. it's just, you can't be like, you can't make a masterpiece every time. Like you just try your best. And, um, I think try your best and be truthful to what you want to do. Yeah. And I think the other thing, I mean, the framework we're setting up here is to choosing a skill and putting yourself out there with it. So we're going to talk about a couple things around how to do that, which we should probably get to. Yeah. We're going to get into quick. it right now. I just want to say that, you know, we're not saying, okay, this is like a rigid structure. You need to follow. Like this is definitely th- something that's worked and like it's worked for other people. It's worked for us in uh, different parts of it in different ways. I think there's like a lot of creative ways to do things. So we're not saying like, you know, you read a lot of stuff online where it's like, this is the formula. This is the thing. This is the blueprint for this, that, and the other. It's like you take the framework and the structure, but then you can put your own spin on it. And there are certain principles that you can apply, but you can still do it in your own style and that fits your personality and everything. I think that's important too for you to get comfortable with because uh, you want to feel comfortable that it's like kind of like you, you're putting your authentic stamp on it. Right. Totally agree. And to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, you know, because we there is a lot of mental. The reason we focus, what, the first 20 minutes or so on this mental idea of getting past that you can't do it is because if you don't get past that, well, then you're not even going to implement these strategies that we're going to tell you right now. So the the few things that we talk about, so you already picked your number one skill in in podcast one, and, and you have this idea, and this is going to be the thing that, that it starts your location independent income stream. But now you got to find people who will pay you for it, or who at least will be prospective customers, right? So Jay came up with this great term. It's called the hidden in plain sight technique. And what the hidden in plain sight technique is using your existing network to give you feedback and to see if they're interested. So a lot of people, their main thing is, hey, I don't have a website. I don't have a webpage. Like They focus on doing all this stuff first. And you're never going to do a location-independent income stream in one weekend if you focus on getting a website up first, because that's going to take you more than one weekend. So you can do this with no website, no email list, nothing. The hidden and plain site techniques leverages your existing network, which we all have because we all have friends, family. Most of us have Facebook. If you don't have Facebook, okay, you know, you can, you know, you're one of the few. Um, but you just, you use these people and you reach out to them. And yeah, I want you to explain, cause you did a great job on this, like explain how you reach out to them to, to see if they're interested in what it is that you're offering. Yeah, I mean, one, there's one way that we suggest, and I mean, there are so many different ways to do it. You know what I mean? Depending on what you're offering. Uh, for example, you know, you could book a, a small select amount of people into a workshop that you hold online. If say you're teaching something, if that's if your skill, you're teaching a skill, you could invite people to like a free sort of training to learn that skill, and then you know, schedule them, make sure it's limited, so people actually have to hurry up and book with you. And you can learn a lot from your potential customers just by doing that. And then you could upsell them on something later, you know, right after that. If you want to take them to the next level, you could offer like a one on one coaching. I mean, there are a lot of different things you can do. I think the important thing is you take sort of an old school business approach 
And you like actually take a spreadsheet and you list out, you know, the people that you're going to contact. And maybe that's 50 to 100 people, whether you're talking about individuals or you take, you know, you're like, I'm going to really hit it hard on Facebook or I'm going to like email all my immediate family this one type of email that says, hey, if you or anybody you know is interested, because, you know, you never know, like, who does your mom know at work that she talks to every day. Maybe that person needs help with whatever it is that you have to offer. Or also one thing we didn't really talk about in the videos, which is why I'm glad we're doing the podcast is like Facebook groups that are specific to that topic, for example, you know? So if I was going to go teach somebody how to launch a podcast, why wouldn't I go into like a, a beginner's podcasting group or something like that, where people are asking a lot of questions, just reading even all the questions that are there gives me a huge insight into what I could be teaching people, what I could be offering, and I could just throw out the offer. And I think that's the important thing. We're going to talk about the offer in the next podcast, but it's like, you know, you do have to put yourself out there eventually, but you need to figure out who am I going to put myself out there to? And then you got to find those people. And we're suggesting go with your immediate network and even more hidden, the people that they know, that could be people connected to them on Facebook. If you make something that's really shareable, that could be people that work with your mom at the office or your brother or your cousin or whatever. All these different people that you can reach. And so the important thing is, is you're going to offer something usually for free if you're just starting out. Now, maybe you could make something paid, but it's typically for free. Uh, good example, if you are talking about like how to use a DSLR camera or take good photograph, uh, photographs, okay, all you have to do is like, hey, I'm looking to do a free workshop. This is an example we use in the video, which you guys will want to check out because we dive deep into that. But you basically say, I'm going to be doing a free workshop on how to use your camera and take better uh, photographs. And then you put it on Facebook, you send it to um, your, the people you know in your network, and you ask them to send it to anyone that they think will be interested. So our action item for this podcast is I want you to brainstorm a list of 20 to 50 people. Okay, again, this is a brainstorm. So you're not like writing them and then erasing them or you're not thinking before you write. Whatever your number one skill is that you, we talked about in podcast one, make a list of 20 to 50 people that you think might be interested or might know people who would be interested in what it is that you're sharing. And again, it is a brainstorm. It, it doesn't yeah, and on to top, I, I would say on top of that, also include you know relevant Facebook groups or online groups that are related to that topic because you might be able to hit like you know a couple hundred people within that one thing by itself, you know. But you do want to reach out to specific people and actually ask because that's gonna that's gonna give you some leverage on uh on what you're you know gonna share further down the road. But you know it's important how you ask. So right now we're brainstorming like that list, but then how you present it is, uh, is a whole other meat and potato dish <laughs> that we'll get into in the next podcast. Yeah. So, so we're talking about who you're going to present to. So first is like, what are you going to present? What was your number one skill? This podcast covers who you're going to tell about. And that is your, your hidden in plain sight uh, using that technique. One thing we want to touch on is the power friends. And the power friend, so when you make that list of 20 to 50 people, go through and denote maybe five to 10 people that what we call power friends. And those are people who, A, are either like really big champions of what you do. You know, we all have them. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's, you know, an old teacher. Who knows? Like people that just love what you do, love you. 
And also then people who are the, who kind of are connectors, you know, maybe you have friends who just seem to know everyone or they always share these awesome things, or they're just people who love getting the message out about different things. Those are power friends. Because if you have a few power friends, they'll probably do like five to 10 power friends will probably do as much as 50 to a hundred regular friends, right? Or, or regular contacts. Those are the people who are going to get your message out. who are going to share it on Facebook. who are going to email the people they know about it. So again, if we're using this photography example, maybe you have a friend who, you know, who's a wedding planner or something, and maybe she's a good power friend for photography because she knows a bunch of people who might be interested in photography. So um, make sure you denote who those power friends might be. So do that actionable item. We're just past the two-minute warning, Trav. Two-minute warning. So we're going to jump into Inside LI now and, and kind of give you an idea of what's happening in our community. Well, we just want to give a, a shout-out here to uh, Kyle, who actually just joined. And I'm going to read this quote verbatim. I just booked my first solo backpacking trip to Cart Cartagena. Cartagena. I am so excited, but I am nervous, too. Any and all recommendations on hostels, activities, and he goes on and on. But I just want to, you know, we want to say congratulations to uh, to Kyle because that first solo trip, man, that's a that's a big deal. That changed my life, Trav. I mean, that's what got me on the travel path. My first solo trip to um, to Europe, and you know, I was surprised to hear. I was listening to a podcast interview with Michael Moore, you know, the filmmaker uh, on the WTF podcast, and the movie he just made. He goes over to uh, Europe and studies all these different countries and he's talking about the systems there and the US. I haven't I can't really speak to it because I haven't seen the movie. But he said he has had the idea since he was 19 years old and he went backpacking for two months through Europe and stayed in hostels. And I thought that was really cool because I was like, wow, like there's so many people that their origin story or like where they came up with great ideas or like things change for them is through travel, man. Just to go back to like why we're talking a lot of business here. But like a lot of this is because we want to fuel the travel lifestyle so you can work from anywhere. And uh, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And, and big shout out to Kyle because actually he joined less than a week ago and he was talking about possibly doing a trip. This was less than a week ago. He joined Location Indy. Talked about possibly doing a trip. And, you know, people were giving him some advice and, and all this stuff. And now in less than a week... There goes the timer. I'm going to finish this story real quick, though, even though we're out of time. In less than a week, Kyle then went, booked a ticket, and will be going to Cartagena, which is one of my favorite cities in the world to say. Never been, but uh, fun to say. And yeah, his question about hostels, I think, is a good one. So just to give a little bit of real travel advice here, the best places to look for hostels, which is what I told him in, in the community, was hostelbookers.com and hostelworld.com. Jay, I want to know, though, what's the best hostel you've ever stayed in? Yeah, we talked about this a long time ago, but one of the ones that really stood out, and, and you've been there, is uh, in Gimmelwald, uh, Switzerland. <laughs> yes. The Mountain okay. Hostel. Yes. The Mountain Hostel up in the Alps. I remember getting there at night, and I'd stayed in a bunch of hostels around Europe on this trip, and uh, just waking up, and I had a, one of the bunk beds on the top next to a window... And I just looked out the window and I was like, waterfalls and mountains, like the, like the perfect Alp scenic vibe, you know, whatever. It was gorgeous. And I was just like, holy crap, like this is my $10 a night view or whatever it was. Maybe it was 15. I don't know. Like it was, you know, this was uh, many years ago, so it might be more expensive now. I'm sure it is. But uh, man, it was just so epic. And I was like, this is 
I can do this. I can travel the world and I can get views like this and hardly pay any money. This is like, yeah, I'm all about this. How about you? Yeah, uh, Mountain Hostels right up there. Before we even knew each other, we we both had stayed at that place. It's it's they bill it as the hostel with the best view in the world, and that is very hard to argue with because you are in the Alps in this little, little town of Gimawad. Um, another one I really love that I want to throw out there uh, is the Lisbon Destination Hostel, and it's built in an old UNESCO World Heritage Site that's a train station. It's still an operating train station. And an architect came in, and they soundproofed the whole thing, so you can't even hear the trains coming by. It's just a crazy, like, open air. It's not open air, but it, it's glassed in, but it's, it's made to be, like, um, a big open greenhouse type thing is the best way I can describe it. It has floating staircases going up the side. The whole bottom floor is, is uh, off to the side is all the dorm rooms. But then in the middle is like beanbag chairs and like pool tables and this great kitchen where they bring in a chef every night to do communal dinners. And then up on the top floor, if you go up the floating staircase, all the private rooms that ring it. It's just this awesome like enclosed courtyard. It's one of the coolest places I've ever been in my life. So um, Lisbon Destination Hostel. I actually put a video on YouTube of it. So if you search it, um, it might come up. You can kind of see my walkthrough of it. We were in Lisbon just six months or eight months ago, and I should have gone there. Should have checked it out. So um, yeah, that, that's my favorite, one of my favorite hostels in the world. Same with uh, the Mountain Hostel in Gimawad. Congrats, Kyle. That's what's happening inside the Location Indie community. Um, if you want more info on Location Indie and the community that we've started to help people travel, live, and work anywhere in the world, it's some incredible people inside of there. You can text. This is really cool technology, Jay. I still am dumbfounded by it. All you have to do is pull out your phone, text location indie. That's location I-N-D-I-E to the number 33444. That will get you on our email newsletter list. You will get all the info of what's going on every week. We send out a newsletter to people, keeping them abreast of what's happening on the website, like cool articles and stuff that we've read, as well as um, being able to get this four video series, the Lifestyle Launch video series that, we, that we've that we got professionally produced too. So uh, you're going to want to hop on that email newsletter list there. Building location indie to 33444. Pretty cool stuff. Awesome. It was a blast. I know we went a little over at the end, but a lot of fun stuff to chat about. And I'm looking forward to... The next one, Trav, we got a we got a pretty important one coming up in part the third part of this lifestyle launch series. We're talking about how to properly present an offer. There's many ways to do this within your personality and your style, but there are certain key principles that are just huge that make all the difference in the world. So we're really excited to share that with you next. So check it out. Peace. Peace.